Hi, I'm Rima, and you're listening to Think Like a Scientist. In this show, we break down barriers between scientific thinking and modern-day actions. We do this by interviewing groundbreaking leaders for the result of providing you real-life tools and experiences that you can use to bring positive impact. Hi everyone, I'm Rima. Today we are going to be welcoming Dina, who is a scientist and who specializes in immunology and microbiology, who also has a passion for health, wellness, and nutrition. Let's welcome Dina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Dina, for being here. Uh, we talked briefly about how you intended to pursue medicine when you went into science, but then later realized you liked research. How did you come about that realization, especially first going into undergrad? Uh, well, when I, I, went, I went to University of Miami, my, my dream was always to become a doctor. And, uh, and at first, actually, my main focus was becoming a psychiatrist. And <laughs> so I took some psychology classes, or whatever the for, you know, the major requirements at the beginning. And I found that I was like psychoanalyzing everything. I didn't really like it. And I drove my family crazy. So I said, that's not really what I want to be. So I loved some of the science classes I took. And I said, I'm gonna switch to, cause in the US, when you wanna go to medical school, you have to go pre-med and then medical school. So I uh, met with the professor uh, advisor and he said if you really want to go to medical school the best thing is to major in immunology and microbiology and I took his advice and I majored in it and I really fell in love with the with this uh, with both microbiology and immunology I thought it was fascinating and uh, I th then I went I was advised to to volunteer and start at the medical school which I did and I became part of a uh, you know, research department at the beginning. And through my work at this department, uh, which they actually later offered me like a job doing the research with them, I realized that I really love uh, research. And at the same time, because of the exposure I had, I used to also volunteer at the hospital part. And I realized that I don't have the hard to be able to see people suffer. Uh, it was so hard to see that. Like for some reason they put me in the children's department. Um, and so I couldn't, I would like stay up crying sometimes. And I realized medicine is not really for me. And I really enjoyed and loved science. I mean, the research aspect of uh, the microbiology and immunology department. That's really interesting. Did you like before you knew you wanted to become a psychiatrist? Was it like something you knew you, you wanted in high school, like before you changed your mind? Um, I think it, honestly, when I was in high school, I mean, I oh, the first part of my education was in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah. For, I, I focused on so I studied sciences and because I knew that I love science. And I thought about psychology or psychiatry as a medicine, but I never really knew for sure if it's something I'm gonna love or not. It just sounded so interesting. I had no idea what it's like, but then sometimes you can get into a subject too much 
and you, you know, it becomes a, a like I literally was obsessed with over analyzing every behavior and everything, drove myself and everyone crazy. <laughs> and so I said, well, this is something I could read about, enjoy, but it's not for me to pursue. And when you went into microbiology and immunology, was there a specific aspect of the research or question that you were uh, gravitated towards the most? Uh, I think that the, the fact that I was exposed to this research project in the microbiology department and immunology, uh, the project was focusing on a specific disease that infects the eye. So I thought it was so fascinating because we were trying to see how this virus uh, infects the eye and then how it goes from one eye to the other eye. So we were trying to trace that. I thought that part was so fascinating. It was like an investigated thing. And I loved working with them on this project. And it actually ended up being published. And uh, they also was published, this research was published and it, they, they included my name in it because I assisted in it. And it, from then on, I knew this was my passion. Wow. So you were published on like in like a journal and uh Yeah, the, I believe it's in a Journal of Science or Nature. Wow. I can't remember, but if you google my name, Dina Ashamemri, you will find that there was a research project that was published in one of the journals. And I I kind of wish I reviewed which journal. It's been a long time, but um the, the it was a herpes simplex virus that causes an infection of the eye. And then it, it causes blindness. So you, you'll be able to um, find it if you Google it. That, that's really interesting. Like, was that the most interesting aspect of the research that you were a part of or were there other ones as well? Uh, this was the while I was in school, the, this research. Then after I graduated, I worked on several research projects uh, a lot of it was focused on uh, testing, you know, diagnostic type tests at the beginning, which were all very interesting to me because I helped develop a screen test through this research and the screen test and focused on uh, lupus disease. So when in the lab, we were trying to figure out a way rather than like a patient needing one, so many different tests to be able to determine if they are you know, positive for the, for lupus. And uh, it took a while for us to, because you have to validate your test. So you, in order to validate it, we had to work with patients that were already been diagnosed with the disease, just so that we can confirm our positives are actually correlated with the positives that are actually been diagnosed. So it was a very interesting project because for the, like it, it needed us to understand lupus really well and, and understand these patients' history, correlate it with our test results, with the individual tests and the screen that we created. So that was the first project I worked on uh, after I graduated. And, and the, the reason I got this job, the professor that um, I did the research with at the medical school, uh, is the one that recommended me to this company, which is a diagnostic company. I mean, it's a company that creates diagnostic tests and they were working on this project. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. And uh, is that what you do now as well, diagnostic screening? No, actually now my focus is completely different. 
And it's not so much, uh, you know, microbiology or immunology, it's more uh, cytogenetics. The role of cytogenetics is to understand the, the gene aspect of uh, this, the can like for example, in cancer cells, because my focus is in cancer. Uh, and so understanding the, the genetic aspect of cancer cells, for example, if someone has a breast cancer, there's immunotherapy that focus, if you're positive for a specific gene, they can use this therapy to help with fighting these cancer cells. So I do, I, a lot of my work is really on breast cancer, but I do lymphomas, I've done brain cancer, and I do, I work on also lung cancer. So patients from hospitals and uh, from different, from all over the world, they send their biopsies to us. And then I work with a pathologist and the pathologist does, you know, uh, his part. And then I do the genetic part and then we, he reviews it and approves it. And then it goes to the doctor, the oncologist. Wow. And I'm not sure which aspect this part was during your journey, but um, I remember that you mentioned after having your kids, you took time away from research. Right. I was wondering, what did you learn from your time away that you use now in work, or how was that experience? Uh, that well, the, that experience was a really great experience to, because I had a chance to really focus on my kids. I have two kids, uh, a daughter and a son, and I uh, wanted time to be with them because if I worked, it would really take me away from them. At the time when my first child was born. I was working on a big project that required me to travel like every two days to a different city in the US because the project required to work with different pharmaceutical company to verify these, uh, this research project. And that was impossible to do when you have a baby. So I decided to, first the initial thing was for me to take a leave of absence which I don't know, you know, like in the US here, you can take a leave of absence so you can come back. Some companies allow you to do that. Uh, and I took the leave of absence, but I, then I realized I really wanted to be 100% focused on my new baby. And, and then I, I took two, so many years off and I ended up, I, those, two, those years, I didn't just stay at home and I also worked, but it was easier to work with my husband, who's a lawyer. So I helped him in his law practice. I managed the law practice and he focused on being a lawyer. And that experience was an amazing experience for me too, because I learned you know, a lot about uh, business management. Fine, I learned a lot, which helped me grow uh, my knowledge in different areas too. For um, because I I also remember I get this a lot when when I when these episodes when we're speaking about their journey they always say to go explore what uh, you like and distinguish what you like versus what you don't like and also learn skills from other industries and careers like you mentioned you learned things in business management when you were helping your husband out and I just found that very interesting I just wanted to like point that out I know now especially after COVID happened happened and the pandemic hit what was your first initial thoughts as a microbiologist and immunologist well i my initial thoughts was the production on the research that they've done and been working on 
for 10 years, the RNA vaccines. So most people think that this vaccine was developed so quickly and they fear it. So I, I focused on reading everything I could in terms of what was that research. And it's fascinating because the truth of the matter is RNA uh, vaccines have been under, I mean, under research for 10 years. And so it wasn't like, an, you know, they just in one year they developed, they've been working on this, um, th this research for 10 years, but not specifically for Corona, but they use that knowledge to be able to make this uh, vaccine so quickly. So I, um, I really thought that that was a fascinating thing, how, you know, focusing on research that sometimes at the time they were doing this research probably, they were still not um, in a way come up with a specific focus in terms of which virus to use, or maybe they were also unsuccessful, but all these gave them the tools to be able to make this vaccine so quickly. Yeah, and it, it's kind of, it can become kind of, I feel like frustrating in, uh, you know, the scientist and research perspective when they're trying to communicate the science to the general public. And what is the role when dealing with things like that, communicating uh, complicated ideas to the general public? Well, I, that's a really great point because the truth of the matter is most people don't understand the background or the scientific aspect of this research. So I, the, the way I did, for example, in my case, I did some videos that I posted on my Instagram and I also did them for uh, Snapchat to explain, because people, all they need is really to understand how, simplify and understand how this vaccine really works. People's fears will be eliminated once they really understand how it works. So if you simplify it for them, and the fact that people fear that, okay, it's gonna change their DNA or it will, you know, or they have a microchip, all these things <laughs> are, are, you know, rumors that come out and people then I don't blame them to be afraid. But once you explain and simplify how this uh, vaccine really works, that you know this is an RNA vaccine, it does not in, has nothing to do with the nucleus of the cell. It stays on this cytoplasm and, and our body has RNA to make proteins. So it's, it's, and it will never last forever. It just creates this protein, which is this spike protein and, the, and that's how your body gets uh, the ability to recognize this protein once the virus attacks and it's prepared. It's literally preparing your immune system to like, imagine your immune. I always try to explain the immune system as like your soldier, like imagine your body is a, you know, a country or a territory. Your immune system are your soldiers. They're there to protect you. And so if you, if you were a soldier and someone came and introduced you to what the enemy is going to be like, and this is how you fight it best, obviously you're going to be much better equipped at fighting it. And this is what I tried to do in my videos and explanation. It's very hard for me to like literally explain it now because I did drawings, <laughs> but you understand my point, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I understand your point. And it's, yeah, I admire you for that and for like putting it out there because it's, it can be frustrating, but you know, I admire your patience of putting it out there. And I saw your drawings and so the people listening, they should, they should go see, um, 
your Instagram and I'm, you said also briefly mentioned with me your, your Snapchat. You talk about these, uh, uh, you communicate the science to them. So they could, uh, I'll definitely put all yeah, the- Yeah, and you know, the, the, in my Instagram, it's in English. And in my Snapchat, it's in Arabic and they'll find it in the highlights. Perfect. Then you have both to move on a little bit. I have a fun question. I'm not sure if, uh, uh, if it applies, but I really wanted to ask it. Is there a specific microbe that made you fall in love with the study of microbiology? Um, I think generally, honestly, not a specific microbe, but generally I was always fascinated by bacteria. So, and the fact that we have good bacteria and bad bacteria, you know, bacteria that causes disease and bacteria that helps protect us. And now the focus, I wish I would go to school now because the truth of the matter is the key to health is our gut microbiome. And that understanding that is key to uh, treating a lot of diseases and infections and inflammation. So to me, bacteria is fascinating. Honestly, even viruses are fascinating, but I, I find I lean towards bacteria more than viruses. Because <laughs> I, I also, I do see what you, when you mentioned that uh, bacteria in the gut microbiome, because I see it everywhere, but I'm really, I don't know, what is it really the, how do we know the difference between the bad bacteria in our gut and the good bacteria? And how can we make sure that we have the good bacteria? Basically, our body is more uh, bacteria and viruses and fungi than human cells. And so the key is like people start with certain symptoms, for example. There, we have good bacteria and bad bacteria, but there has to be a balance. So our immune system is supposed to keep the bad bacteria in check. And so whenever they recognize, they, they, end, they uh, fight it before you probably even experience any symptoms. Just like our bodies always also has cancer cells, but our immune is equipped to get rid of it before it becomes a tumor. So, and if the key to health is understanding that, for example, taking antibiotics, it's like throwing a bomb into your, into, into your uh, body, basically, killing all the good and the bad. So the people should not accept every time they go to the doctor, they give them an antibiotics because in the end, they're gonna destroy their own healthy bacteria that's keeping them healthy and helping them absorb nutrients, helping them fight the immune system, I mean, helping the immune system fight uh, other organisms. So in, in, they need to always request, is this, is this been tested? and proven that the, the cause of this infection is a bacteria or it could be a virus. So most doctors in the past are rushing to always prescribe antibiotics and that has caused the majority of people suffer from uh, you know, issues in their gut, indigestion, um, IBS, all these symptoms are probably related to the fact that we've created this dysbiosis in our gut. And so to me, the focus of the future health is in re, um, like uh, balancing this gut bacteria and, and finding a way to create the variety we had in the past. Because a lot of the inflammation in the body is caused by eliminating you know, different bacteria that were very helpful to our health. They also affect our hormones, our mood, 
And those are the things that are going to be the future of focus in terms of, you know, eating healthy, uh, providing what these, what will help give us more variety rather than just taking antibiotics or drinking or taking products that have toxins or, uh, so that to me is the, should be the future focus. Wow. And is that really, is that what got you into cooking and health and wellness? Yes, I truly, okay. Well, like it started off first because I loved making uh, certain uh, dishes and, and then I started to focus on, you know, how can I make the healthiest meal for my family? Uh, And, you know, I also, I, my husband wasn't feeling that great at the time. And we were focused on making sure that he is eating as healthy as possible. And so he went vegan completely, which has been amazing for him. I'm not saying that vegan is the key to health, but the truth is eating a lot of variety of vegetables and fruits and a lot of fiber that's like in legumes and nuts. Those are the things that helped completely cure him and be able to feel 100%, thank God. But at the same time, then I started like, you know, my kids are kids. When they were little, they wanted unhealthy things. I used to always have that battle. And, but now I see they're, you know, they, they have been exposed to this interest in eating healthy nutrition, avoiding these kind of foods that are fast food, uh, also the types of food that are like manufactured rather than, you know, freshly made ingredients. Wow. And also one thing I think I found in common is, uh, I'm not sure, do you also focus on plant-based nutrition? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I, our, most of our food at home is plant-based. Uh, once in a while, I'll eat fish because I like fish. Um, and I think fish is like very good for you because it gives you omega-3 and it's important. Uh, but my son and my husband are 100% plant-based. And so everything I cook is really plant-based. Well, that's interesting. I think that's one thing that we have in common because I also eat a plant-based nutrition. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's also, you know, it's part of, uh, it's starting to become more um, recognized now um, in, with these types of things. It's, it's uh, because of like people like you who are spreading this knowledge, like connecting the science behind what we eat. And so that's what led me to, you know, really recognize the importance of what we eat and how it's connected to our emotions and gut bacteria. So it's really interesting what you're talking about. Thank you. Well, you know, I try in my Instagram account to post a lot about the food I'm making with the recipes and I always try to also address the relationship between why I'm choosing this you know type of food whether it's fibers or the and the eating I always say eat the rainbow where basically colors are so important because they give us all the antioxidants that we need and they help the variety is what's going to help us and not just eating. Okay, if you just eat every day, just spinach, it's not going to help you as much. <laughs> yeah, like I just I like how you connected also your um, the, your study and the science behind it because I feel like it's important. It's not just I guess a trend. When you connected the science behind it, I think that's when I came to understand before I knew about it that there really was a connection and how important it is in our life. So um, yeah, very true. 
it is important because if you understand how valuable this will be towards your health, you are more likely to choose this kind of food. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing also, understanding how detrimental to your health certain things, you will avoid them. And also I see like on Instagram, you also post a lot about your process and your work. And I know a lot of audience also have many questions surrounding what you do. What types of questions do you usually get? Um, I, I get some questions generally, like if I, you mean from my Instagram, usually about the recipes or, um, but if I posted a specific thing towards my uh, work or what I'm doing, like for example, sometimes I post pictures of what it looks like, you know, cancer cells and how different they look from uh, normal cells. So what is it that you're uh, doing now in uh, cancer cells? uh, For example, in breast cancer, there is a specific gene called the HER2 gene. And this gene, if it is, uh, if there's an amplification, meaning there's so many copies of this gene in a specific cancer cell, that means you're positive for this gene. And and then they, they can use that. So what I do is I look obviously in the microscope, I look at the cells and then I take a picture of the cells that are amplified to show that this is positive for this HER2 gene. And then I write you know, the, the percentages and then that, that report then the doctor uses for the therapy of the patient. For immunotherapy now is, a lo- is really big in terms of uh, fighting cancer cells. And so patients that are positive, it, 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 it also means that this, this is a very aggressive form of cancer. But at the same time, yeah, it's sad that this patient is positive for it because it's a really aggressive cancer. But at the same time now, at least we have some therapy that, might, that will be helpful with, besides chemotherapy and radiation. And do you usually know the process of the, your patients or you just find out what? No, I, I really don't. I wish it'd be nice, but I only do the testing part and the results. And then it goes to the oncologist. Um, obviously it goes to first the pathologist that I work with because he has to approve my results. And then after he also has to include his own conclusions from looking at the cells because we do different types of testing. One is called an immunohistochemistry test. So it's all pathology type tests. And then I do the genetic part and then they put it all together, send it to the oncologist. And then the oncologist decides on the therapy based on our results. And when when it's shown that it's positive or whatever the results, does it also like affect you um, when you're working? Because I know you mentioned when you were interning at the hospital, it did affect you. Yes. So how would you know? It's it's a very good question. At the beginning, when I first started working, I was getting affected, especially by look. You know, you're looking at the patient's name, the date, the date of birth, all that, and you start to think, "Oh my God, this person is so young and has cancer, and it was really affecting me." Um, but at the same time, after doing it for so long now, I try not to over like analyze who is this person or that I'm doing it to help be able uh, to provide this doctor with information that's going to help this patient and so this is how I look at it oh wow I tried now to look at it from a positive point of view so my positive point of view is at least I'm providing information that's going to help their doctor make a decision on their 
health and well-being, how to treat this cancer. I want to ask a question that's a bit different than the other questions, but um, what's a question that you would ask yourself that I didn't? A question I would ask, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would ask myself, honestly, I would ask myself, regardless of all this experience, I really kind of wish now that I did also pursue medicine because it would be even more helpful in research if I was a medical doctor with a research background. Really? So you would wish that you went after research into medicine or just right away into medicine? I would have, I wish that I went first into medicine, finished that. And then, because there is a way which you can do MD, PhD program where a lot of these MDs end up doing important research that really make a difference. Wow. That's really interesting. And because uh, I did read, I saw it previously and it was one of the things that I, that really caught my, my eyes when I saw it. I didn't know there was two M like an MD and PhD as well. So yeah, you yeah. can do both at the same time, which would be amazing. <laughs> um, but you know, like I, that's the question I asked myself, why didn't you do that? You know, it's just like, you know, life got in the way. Um, I always, you know, got caught up with so many different things, whether it's the research project or loving my work or, but at the same time, you know, I'm happy with what I did. I'm not yeah. saying I'm unhappy. It's just, yeah. it would have been really great if I did it that way. Yeah. At least you can still be proud of yourself with the, like how you accomplished everything now. Cause it's still, your work still does have an impact on the Absolutely, people around you. I yeah. agree. It definitely does have an impact. Absolutely. Not a, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, it's just that, you know, you, when you want to accomplish things, sometimes you always question yourself. I would should have done it this way or that way. And this yeah. is really what it's about. Yeah. How do you deal with the, I guess, mental aspect of it all in STEM? Cause it is like a hard field as well. And for the, people listening or whether young or even adults still going through the process i'm sure they still get you know mental toll whether it's for example rejections i guess from internships or jobs especially in research it's very hard so how do you deal with that in the, your journey oh uh, you have to do okay the way to deal with any uh thing that you take on if you commit it to something do your very best at it and try to really uh, give yourself every chance possible to uh, be successful, to, to give yourself also a pat on the back because being positive is the key to succeeding uh, and not put yourself down and being able to expose yourself to as much knowledge. Reading is, a, is key in everything. I mean, a lot of times I um, spend a lot of time reading research that has nothing to do with mine or has nothing to do with something I know about. And that has been amazing in expanding my mind and being able to see things from a different perspective. And what would you say to young students who are listening to this episode right now and want to go through your path, who are inspired by you and they really want to? I would say go for it and definitely do give yourself every possible chance uh, and, and, and expose yourself to every possible knowledge that you can get your hands on and be able to research everything and be positive about uh, your own uh, journey. Thank you for that. I, 
I'll do a, a quick summary of the conclusion because we talked a lot and we, we covered so many topics and I really I learned a lot from you. So we first talked about um, your path into going into research, how you first wanted to go into psychiatry and realized that you wanted to go into research and you were really interested in microbiology and immunology and uh, you worked on projects with lupus and, um, and diagnostic screening. We also talked about your journey when you got kids and how you took a break from that and how uh, you learned a lot from your husband when you were at home in business administration and how when he was, uh, since he's a lawyer as well. We also talked about your passion for health and wellness and uh, the importance of the our gut microbiome and how it affects our emotions, how it either accentuates the diseases or or protects us and how you also like to look at our immune system as like these soldiers that fight for us and I really I really <laughs> liked how you uh, talked about that and uh, lastly we also talked about how going through our journey in STEM and how it can take a toll on our health or uh, toll on our mental health how we deal with really looking forward and exploring new things and uh, pathways so thank you for that Dina and uh, we really I really learned a lot and I know the people listening are going to learn so much Thank you so much too. Your questions were all amazing. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share my journey with you. Thank you everyone for listening and uh, see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening in. I'm Rima and this is Think Like a Scientist. Mm-hmm.